Is the mining sector headed for a stock market crash? Well, that's what we'll be discussing, along with the outlook on several different commodities with John Fennick, president of Fennick Consulting. John has spent several years working in the past at JP Morgan BlackRock and finally at Sprott selling commodities products to various investors within the space. John, it's a pleasure to have you on Kitco. Thanks so much, David. Pleasure to be here. So like I mentioned before, you started your own consulting firm. You have spent several years, several decades actually of your career working at uh, top institutional investment firms uh, selling commodities products. We're going we're to be talking about your experience and, uh, and some of the sentiment uh, in the space currently and the lessons you've learned in the past and how you're applying them today. But first, let's talk about the gold mining sector as a whole. The GDXJ, can we pull up a GDXJ? This is the uh, Vanek Junior Gold Mining Index. It's had a nice right. run up last year and then it's fallen down. You're telling me offline that we're posed for a potential market correction and that several people you've talked to in this industry are getting a little worried. Why are they getting worried, John? Well, as you can see from this chart, David, you know, this is a five year run on GDXJ and, um, you know, the, the, the high of 2016 was 52.50 a share. You can see from this chart, we're at 46 and change right now. And that means after five years, you've made absolutely no money. Um, and that's not acceptable in this market, right? Because the broad market is up significantly over the last five years. And this is one of the reasons to um, address what you were saying earlier, that financial advisors, you know, hedge funds, private equity, the kind of people that I've associated with throughout my career have sort of avoided the space because they see this kind of a chart and say, that's not very interesting, right? Um, but, you know, our performance um, at Fennec Consulting has been way better than this because we're active managers. So I've been very vocal throughout my career here, uh, taking a stance against many newsletter writers, in fact, that buy and hold simply doesn't work in junior mining. You've got to be on top of it. You've got to do the homework. You've got to talk to CEOs. And it's very labor intensive, right? So I've talked to 22 CEOs this week alone. And um, to your point, the sentiment is not good right now because junior miners continually have to raise capital. It's a fact. And they're doing that at bargain basement prices. So we're looking at that as you know a real disconnect here between the price of, say, a junior mining stock and the price of gold. Gold is held in quite well here, over 1,800 an ounce as we speak. And... That is not being felt by a lot of the CEOs that I talk to in the gold um, junior mining space. So I think it's just one of those times, as I've said recently, that you have to hold your nose and buy and really do the homework to make sure that your entry points are decent. Um, we go ahead, David. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I mean, you're right. The, the, uh, the gold price has been holding steady around $1,800. But if you go back to that chart, GDXJ, it does look like there's a very close correlation between the gold miners index and well, at least the juniors and the gold price. It, it, it just, we've had, a, we've had a bit of a rally up until last month and then it's fallen down a bit. It just looks like the move here for the GDXJ is a little more um, accentuated because of the higher beta. So uh, right. yeah, gold's moved down a little bit, but not as much. The, the juniors are just a little more sensitive, I would say. Yeah, the, the beta on GDXJ is not low. I mean, you know, this is a high beta product as you can see from the, the uh, low there of $22 and the high of $61 uh, just right. within, you know, a, a less than a year period, right? There's a lot of torque in this. So, you know, there's a lot of upside in something like this, but you have to be able to sell. And that's one of the things that we teach our investors about trimming gains, not getting greedy. 
and you know knowing when to to fold them so to speak because you know you can see right here five years holding and buying and crossing your fingers is not a strategy do you think this downturn we've seen in the gdxj was solely caused by the downturn in the gold price in other words suppose gold would recover to two thousand dollars can we potentially see a disconnect between the gold price and the gold miners index where the gold price rises back up but the gold miners continue to fall perhaps even further from current levels is that possible it's possible but i don't think likely i mean there's a great piece that my former firm sprott put out this week uh by john hathaway and he referenced paul wong one of my former teammates um, who put out some great data about the disconnect we're seeing right now um, in junior and senior miners uh, relative to history, right? So like we're seeing very good valuations. Uh, we're seeing low net to debt EBITDA. We're seeing good free cash flow. We're seeing a lot of positive things. It's just not reflected in prices yet. So we've been encouraging clients to trim where they need to, but really, you know, not abandon the space. Uh, that, that's very important. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, like you said, you've, uh, you've, you've had to deal with clients who potentially were not potentially, but <laughs> let, let's put it this way. They weren't the biggest fans of the PM space and, uh, let's role play. Let's do some role playing here. Imagine if this were an investor lunch and I were a potential investor and I'm saying okay. to you, John, well, look, gold has not performed very well in the last, uh, several months. We've had a bit of a run up last year and that's it. And it's come back down. It's wiped out almost all its gains. Not quite. Uh, the junior minor index is down, what, 30% since the highs, the GDXJ itself. Why should I be interested in this space right now when the equities are still climbed to all-time highs? What's the, what, what's, the, what's the play here? So I would, I would say to that person, what are you doing to hedge in your portfolio? How are you creating any type of protection in your portfolio when you're fully exposed to technology and hydrogen and all these things that are super hot right now, right? Like, I mean, that's the... That's the client that comes to us a lot of times that will come to us with momentum money. And we're not interested in working with those people because we're value investors, right? You know, we, we're, we're looking for value or deep value in everything that we do. So I'm never going to chase a mining stock. I'm never going to chase a tech stock. Like I'm not a chaser, right? I'm, I'm very patient. I sit out there with stink bids all day long and I just wait for things to come to me. Now, occasionally if I'm, you know, uh, if I think there's a, a news item that's upcoming on a stock um, that they've telegraphed publicly, then I'll hit the ask, no problem. But we're going to be very patient versus the average portfolio management group that you're going to talk to. Um, so my answer really is is along those lines, David. But also, um, you know, gold and silver are completely underowned by investors as well as portfolio managers and and. Um, and the financial advisor community. I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. a fraction of what it was at the peak in 2011, right? So if we even return back to that level, we're going to see like prices like last summer in the miners, but even better. And I think that's okay. going to be I think that's going to be predicated by a market sell-off, right? So we look at things like the IWM, which is the ETF for the Russell 2000, and it's starting to show some weakness here over the last two weeks. It's not crashing by any you know stretch of the imagination, but that has let us down. In previous corrections, if you look at September of 18, Russell 2000 let us down. If you look at you know February of 2020, same thing. So we watch that as a barometer for how is you know the small cap market doing, um, because these things are very illiquid, and when they start to sell off, it can cause a lot of other problems. Okay. All right. So uh, to answer your question, what am I doing right now to hedge? So you know, continuing on this role playing example. Well, I'm in I'm in I'm in cash right now. Got a little bit of crypto on the side too, uh, the, the bigger ones, Bitcoin, Ethereum. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. doing to hedge. 
So should I, okay. are you telling me I should be going into gold to hedge too? And if so, how much gold should I be buying? First of all, why is gold a good hedge? Whoa. Hedge sure. against what exactly? So it's, you know, as Rick Brule taught me uh, and has said on your show and other shows, you know, it's portfolio insurance, right? So like if, you know, wealthy people need to insure their portfolios and they do that through ownership in something like gold or silver, Bitcoin, yeah. Ethereum, you know, other things like that, we have a zero position there because, you know, they're unregulated markets, right? I'd be much more interested in, in looking at crypto when it becomes regulated, which I know is not a popular opinion, but, you know, we've... we've we had dinners with some very intelligent people on roadshows in May of this year at, you know, 65,000 or 60,000 Bitcoin who were saying this is an all in moment. And then it went to 30,000 or 35,000. Right. So it's like you can lose half of your value in a month or two. Not interested. Right. So um, I, I, I feel like we've missed some of that upside in crypto. But, you know, that is not a hedge. A traditional hedge going back thousands of years is precious metals. And that is gold and silver and related. So, um, well, if you know, we. If you're referring to a hedge against, uh, are you referring to a hedge against equity volatility? Because remember back in, back last year when we had the correction in March, uh, gold went down initially as well. Gold miners got hit especially hard. Well, gold miners True. were stocks as well. So um, how, how is it, uh, how is it that it can be used as a hedge instrument if they move in the same direction downward during a very large correction. Right. So that correction, I think, is sort of had needs to have an asterisk next to it in the sense that everything went down at once. That was a liquidity event, as we say. So gold, yeah. silver, the miners, they all got taken down at once. Um, as chartists, as technicians, we don't look at that as like, oh, my gosh, you know, everything's broken. Like that was look at every chart. I mean, look at retail stocks, look at tech stocks. Everything went down in, in tandem. Right. It was just a very fast V-shaped recovery. So we think that. Um, this time around, gold and silver and related have proven themselves since the March 2020 correction to where we're not going to get that same type of magnitude of a sell-off. Again, we would make what we call a higher low. So I'm not saying you wouldn't see a knee-jerk reaction down to certain retracement levels, but um, I think the recovery would be very fast and we would you know, mm -hmm. encourage people to get fully invested if you get another buying opportunity, anything close to like last March or, or, or of 2020. All right, fair enough. So I'm a high net worth individual. I've got about a million dollars in my portfolio. How much of that million should be a gold as a hedge? Uh, I'd say five to 10% in the physical metal. Okay, and what other instruments could I buy? Besides the physical, let's yeah. say I don't want to go to a bank or a bullion dealer and buy physical and I, wanna, I don't want to deal with storage costs. What else can mm -hmm. I do? So when we worked at Sprott, I mean, PSLV is a physical silver product that we uh, marketed as well as PHYS, which is a physical gold product. Um, they, you know, have a better backing, uh, you know, for investors that want, you know, to buy something and not buy the direct bullion. Um, because they can offer physical delivery of that. Now, again, physical delivery of any metal requires a lot of money, a lot of headache, and it's not for everyone. So, um, you know, we we think that you should own some of that through uh, products like PSLV or PHYS, but then complement your positions with mining stocks because you're going to get absolutely good leverage to those underlying metals when we have a rally um, by owning the mining stocks. Okay. So again, me as a 
skeptical investor, not used to the space, shall we say, in this example. What's your outlook for the metal sector now? We've had a nice uh, run up last year. Then again, we've fallen. Uh, are you expecting more of a correction? What's the uh, what's what, what what's the, what's the play going forward, John? Sure. So I think June 16th was a very destructive day for metals and mining, uh, more so for the miners, because the Fed really came out and um, was perceived to be uh, quite hawkish. Uh, we take the other side of that trade and say that, you know, this is just jawboning by the Fed here. Um, Yellen did some more of that uh, this week. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, Powell kind of backpedaled a little bit and then, you know, testified this week. And in his testimony was not uh, hawkish in my view at all. I think it's quite dovish, in fact. We're just not seeing follow through in terms of buying because it's the summer doldrums and you know volumes are quite low. So we use these opportunities, these disconnects as buying opportunities. And we're not saying go all in here, we're saying dollar cost average. So if you bought stuff higher, you still have conviction in it, buy some more, you know, just don't buy a ton. You know, you wanna get, you wanna get, um, you want to you want to have more conviction when you go heavier into the sector, and by that we mean August twenty sixth and twenty eighth is uh, through the twenty eighth is when Powell and company will meet in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. We think that meeting is going to be very relevant, and you heard that after the Fed minutes on CNBC recently, two of the three guests were saying exactly the same thing. So they're waiting for confirmation from the Fed that things are going to be a okay going forward, and. Um, that's why we're we're building positions in anticipation of that, David, going forward, because, you know, the broad market is selling off a little bit here. And that's healthy going into August, because if we were to ride high going into that meeting, right, real estate's cranking, the Nasdaq's cranking, I'd be more worried about the Fed getting hawkish just to cool things down. Now, yeah. if we go in, you know, kind of after a little bit of a, of a respite here, in a breather, I think it's very constructive and the Fed's just going to play ball. Look what happened with China last week. You know, they're, they're, they're cutting rates there. So we think that that's very positive um, going forward. Perfect. Okay. So just to sum up here, we're still waiting for signals for a market move. Until then, you're waiting for Jackson Hole. Uh, let, let me ask you this question, just, just to rephrase more simply. The, 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 the GDXJ, the gold market, uh, has crashed, I would say, over the last couple of months. Is this crash over? I think GDXJ will hold that major support level, which is 40 to $41 a share. Right. Okay. So I, I think that Excellent. we're good there. Um, and, you know, this, this is barring another, you know, pandemic-related thing that I can't foresee, right? Because that would take all bets off the table. But I think that we're out of the woods. Um, I think that 40 to 41 will hold on GDXJ. And I think the 2950 to 30 level on GDX will hold. So, you know, we're still invested in both. We just, you know, have smaller positions in those. And we choose to buy uh, some names, you know, where we have more conviction by talking to those CEOs and getting a feel for, you know, what's happening under the hood. Okay. All right. And John, uh, tell us about some stocks within your portfolio that you do like that have done very well for you. Sure. You don't have to go through all of them, just maybe your top uh, one or two. Our top silver holding is Golden Minerals, which is AUMN. Um, we think that there's tremendous value here at 53 cents. Um, there was a newsletter writer out there at 71 cents here recently who had uh, you know sold his entire position, caused a lot of vol in the product, volatility, um, had never even talked to the CEO once. Um, and those are the kind of, uh, you know, really 
I'll be careful on what I say here, but I think that, you know, it, it's not very prudent to be doing that and, and having thousands of people follow you if you don't take five minutes and actually talk to the company and I, I get an idea of what's actually happening, right? So Rodeo is in production. Uh, Velardania is close by. They're going to share a mill. Um, if you look at the analyst reports, which I would think are, are way more relevant than our newsletter writers, you know, feelings about something. Um, the analysts that just came out this week are at a dollar ten and a dollar a share U.S. stocks at fifty three cents. Um, that would be mm -hmm. H.C. Wainwright and A.G.P. Um, another one that we like in gold is USAU. Uh, that's called U.S. Gold. All before their projects are in the U.S. Um, I just visited the Copper King mine in Wyoming last month. Did a tour. Uh, I think they have a tremendous amount of aggregate that the market doesn't even aware of that could help fund a lot of their uh, operations going forward. And there's going to be probably some news flow around that in the coming weeks. Um, but it's a NASDAQ listed stock with 7 million shares outstanding. And I can account for where 4 million of those shares are. So when you have a float of roughly 3 million shares, um, very tightly held. Um, a couple other names in Palladium, we like DCNNF, which is Canadian Palladium. Uh, Wayne Tisdale, the, the CEO there, uh, was responsible for the Rainy River build-out, which is now New Gold's uh, top mine. Um, it's trading at nine and a half cents US. Um, I think it's got tremendous value. If you look at the main news, there are very good drill results that have been kind of blown off here, and um, they're in a great jurisdiction. Um, another name in silver uh, that we like is Fabled, F-B-S-G-F. Um, Fabled is right now, if you buy Fabled up until mid-August roughly, for every five shares you buy of that stock, you're going to get one share of Fabled Copper uh, if the spinoff is approved. And so we've been loading up on that stock because we believe in copper as well, right? So Peter Hawley there has been there 35 years uh, in mining, uh, very good geo background and uh we, yeah we like that stock here at uh 10.5 cents perfect and other metals that you do like john besides gold we like uh silver to some extent i mean uh we like copper um we're playing copper through copper juniors like copper bank and a few other names that we own um we think there's tremendous value there if you look at uh, the copx which is the large cap uh, copper plays, uh, David, it's done extremely well. Um, but the juniors have not necessarily followed suit yet. Copper has broken through all resistance levels. So when I'm talking to people at the exchanges, there seems to be a shortage of copper out there and, um, there's no shortage of building, right. And there's no shortage of industrial demand. Uh, you know, I, I think that copper is going to ext do extremely well this year into next year. Okay. And finally, you mentioned that you are an active fund uh, picker or active stock picker rather. So how has your fund performed so far this year? Yeah. So through June 30, we're up just under 15%. Um, wow. That is uh, on our website under the performance tab. So, you know, last year we were up 87% and uh, we were able to post our five-year number uh, in January of this year, which we're very proud of. So we're top decile ranked um, through five years, all time periods, one, three, and five years ended June 30th. Mm -hmm. And the 15% is from year to date? Yeah, year to date, we're up 15%. Okay. I think the GDXJ is down about 14, so we're about 29% out of GDXJ. Yeah, actually, I think it's down more than that. It's uh, it's like uh, the GDXJ is uh, it's at 40, 44 bucks today, and the high was 60. Oh, but mm -hmm. that was last year. 
that was last year, right? So yeah, it's definitely yeah, like yeah, so, since the high last year. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, yeah fantastic our performance, John. I, I want to thank you so much for your time today, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you next time. We'll delve deeper into your strategies. Thank you. Thank you, David. And thank you for watching Kiko News. I'm David Lin. Stay tuned for more.